Everything's coming up to to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the zone, simple dedication to the team when you're in the know. To to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the soul, lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear. Recaps, got that. South cap, got that. Team ads, got that. So tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiak. And all I'm saying is that the cast, the one stop shot for my timber wolves. Timber wolves, ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves, falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop him. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves, phonies, you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber wolves, talk a lot about them. Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Everson. Chris, how are we doing? I'm more optimistic. I'd give it that. Good, good, good. And, of course, we're always joined by Jared Good. Jared, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I'm nice enough to have this new friendly backdrop from our friend Chris. Uh, kind of hooked us up with some, some cool little backdrops. i got to hang mine up a little bit better, but... Hey, it, it's a little, it's a little it's a uh, start on the show, right? It, it's, We're it's up a, there. It's, it's a work in progress. Also, I love it. I like how we have all three generations going on there. Yeah. Uh, with the new I think school. Planned that. school. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like someone planned that. And we have a special guest tonight. We got Blake joining us. Blake, how you doing? Good, good. How are you guys? We're doing good, doing good. So let's start with you before we get into it. Talk a little bit about your Wolves fandom and kind of your background with the Timberwolves, just so people can know. Sure. Um, well, first, thanks for letting me uh, win your guys' casual fan uh, contest to be on here, give my armchair expertise sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, so I've been lifelong Wolves fan, basically, since I was a kid, KG, MVP, all that. Gone to Target Center my whole life through five dollar college games when they've stunk the conyers yeah all the fun basically ups downs and mostly downs there you um, go yeah so i don't know i've known gabe from uh college worked in uh same college radio together got the invite to come on happy to be here and just chat wolves for a little bit absolutely absolutely and welcome to the show so guys we got to talk about it we saw it at the end of the oh i should mention Sorry about the voice tonight. I'm going to let mo- these guys mostly talk, but I'm working with what I got. <laughs> so coming off of the sickness, I had to skip work today. But so obviously we we saw it uh, on the intro video, Carl Anthony Towns out, I would say four to six weeks. Uh, Chris, your instant reaction to that? Uh, my instant reaction was, I think it can be good. Like literally when I saw him go down, I was like, oh, I think that's a good thing because I didn't look like it was a blown Achilles. It didn't look like it was, uh, you know, career threatening. And, uh, you know, I, as I might get into later, I think he's been kind of a source of a lot of the problems. So I think it might be, it might be good for him to take a step back and, and kind of watch it from a distance. And hopefully we can, we can get some more continuity and he can step in and see where he can play. Um, I, I think it, 
it, it's interesting um, because you know we've seen this this big ball lineup with with Gobert um, at the five, obviously, and Towns at the four. Um, and I think a lot of people's instant reaction was maybe we need to go smaller. Um, my initial thought was we need to continue going with the big lineup because, I mean, we have these guys for, I think, at least the next three years. It might be longer than that even. So we have to figure out the two-man big lineup, um, in my opinion. So wh when I looked at it, you know, when I originally saw it, uh, and we kind of have spoke about this in, in a couple of our groups, is how do we how do we change the starting lineup? Do we go smaller? Do we let – um, and, and, you know, we've seen Utah have a lot of success with going smaller, playing Bogdan Bogdanovich yeah. at the four, which is was a smaller look. And, and you could kind of put um, slow-mo Kyle Anderson in that spot. Um, and, and Utah had a lot of success with that. Um, but for me, I think my instant reaction was we need to start a guy like Nas um, and split his minutes with slow-mo because they can't be on the floor um, at the same time, I don't think. Um, and, and they've kind of been pretty clear about that with their rotations. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think my original reaction was well, obviously it sucks. I mean, you never want to lose an all-star or a caliber player like like Carl Anthony Towns is. Um, but I think the knee-jerk reaction for Wolves fans was, let's see how we respond, and then should we trade Cat? I'm not quite there yet. Um, obviously, this this two ball lineup or this two big man lineup hasn't worked out all that well for it, and I'll I'll speak on that a little bit later. Um, mm -hmm. But why it hasn't worked? But I, I I think instead of going smaller, I think we need to continue to go big because the, the the having two bigs isn't going away. Like we have these guys under contract for a long period of time, so I would be more um, curious to see how Finch comes out with the starting lineup the next um, the next game we play, uh, and, and I would be in favor of Nas getting that look. Um, and, and we are big Nas fans on this podcast. Um, I know oh, Blake, yeah. Blake, Blake might not know that, but, but a lot of us really like Nas on this podcast. I can but, easily but, get on board with Nas Reed fandom. But but it, All right. it, generally speaking, he adds – he's a big guy, and I think we need to figure out having the two bigs. And, and my big thing is – and I'll speak on this a little bit later as well, but rotationally – um, how we recover when we get beat off the dribble. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with our, our two big man lineup. Right. So Blake, a question for you, who do you think will benefit from cat being out? Like who do you, who do you think could have a nice string of games here with cat not being on the floor? Um, I think go there just like getting more hit, like the ball more in the paint. Um, we'll do more. I think any of the starters just cat more often than not gets 20 plus points a game. So I think anybody that's starting, there's only one ball to share. I think any of those guys will get it a little bit more, get more shots up. Um, whether that's really that good for them. I don't know. Cat, I feel like has been very good at, uh, his assist this year. I think he's been a better passer. I was kind of worried about that initially of how, uh, how well they'd share the ball when it was, Ant and Cat and D'Lo and all these guys, but uh, Cat Cat mm -hmm. has played a little less selfish at times. Been been better about his passing, I think. Um, mm -hmm. So, I think the, some of the other stars will do better in that they'll get the ball more, but they won't have it from him to feed it. Yeah, that's true. And but but that's going to be interesting. You mentioned Gobert. Is that really the guy that's been feeding it to Gobert? Has been Cat, 
uh, that's true in, in general. So that'll that'll be an interesting adjustment. A little bit. We we thought going into the year it would be the whole time it would be this D'Lo uh, Gobert pick and roll kind of thing, but we we see a little bit of that, but to varying degrees. Chris, go ahead. I think you nailed it. I think that's something that um, we're going to have to see more. I, I I think it will be nice now that we don't have Cat specifically, um, and maybe we will go Nas. I just don't. I just don't think Finch likes Nas. Like I just don't think that's going to happen. I think he's kind of in love with the vet, um, with Anderson. I think it's going to be Anderson, which is going to help with some ball movement for the overall team, which might be something that rubs off. I mean, remember when everyone had COVID and the and the bench guys came in last year and we played really hard against some teams and it was mainly just by sharing the ball, um, mm-hmm. you know, multiple pass possessions types of things. And I haven't been seeing very many of those at all. No. So uh, hopefully Anderson will help facilitate that. But what I want to get back to is watching, you know, maybe this whole new offensive strategy for Gobert really isn't the thing like where we're posting them up or, or he's catching it on the short roll and trying to Euro step around a guy. Maybe that's not it. Maybe we need to just go to the straight old pick and roll that D'Lo just beat the pick and roll to death. Um, because when I think of D'Lo, he's got to be for us to meet, to, to reach our potential, he's going to have to be near his max potential. And when I mm-hmm. think of D'Lo, like, what do you think of, for his strongest skill set, you know, it's really not shooting like percentages will tell you that um, it's not getting to the basket. It, you know, he never gets to the basket. So it's got to be play creation and facilitating. Um, so I need to see that heavy. I want to see him with the ball in his hands heavy. Um, that'll, you know, without cat there, who's been doing a lot of facilitating, maybe it'll be more, more on his, on his back. I don't know. But we need to see something happen, and I'm hoping that Cat stepping down and maybe a guy like Anderson coming in will be a, a catalyst for ball movement. Or maybe Cat not being there and his kind of mopey attitude that he has so often, um, maybe with, mm-hmm. with another yeah. vet like Anderson and Gobert in there, uh, maybe that attitude won't be as strong on the team, you know, so we'll see. I'm really excited to see how it goes and um, mm-hmm. get well soon, uh, McDaniels, because we need him back as fast. Yeah, as yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two. I mean, two terrible deep. I mean, one was against the Warriors. You can argue, but two terrible defense performances without Jaden McDaniels. Uh, Jared, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say we kind of talked about the biggest beneficiaries, and and for me it's D'Lo. Um, you're taking uh, 15 to 20 shots away um, with Cat not being on the floor, um, and 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 Chris has mentioned in previous podcasts that Rudy Gobert's um, pick and roll rate is like unbelievable. So uh, like Chris mentioned, I think you're going to see a lot of high pick and roll um, with Gobert. Um, and D'Lo, and then obviously Gobert rolling hard, but then you're going to be looking for these these vets that can knock down shots, your, your slow-mos, your, your Noels. I, I don't want to say Noel's a vet yet, but like your Torian Prince, I know he's hurt as well. Unfortunately, the Timberwolves have a lot of injuries right now. Um, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. You might see Bryn Forbes play a little bit more, Austin Rivers. These guys can knock down shots if they're open, um, and, and we've seen them do it before. Um, it's going to be a tough stretch. Um, I, I think my initial thought process is let's see what the team looks like. 
Um, let's see how the team reacts and changes. And if we can hold our serve and go anywhere near foundered in the, in the time that he is out, um, I, I think that that's a big um, win for the Timberwolves. It, it, the West is tough, man. I mean, we, we've said oh, yeah. it all. Hold serve, get back to 500, get your guns back, and, and then make a playoff push is where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. So one guy we haven't even really mentioned yet who I actually think will be the ultimate, uh, the, the guy who decides whether this ship goes down with Cat out. I mean, it's got to be Ant, right? Like, I mean, this is, I mean, like I put in the chat a, a set of car keys. This is his opportunity to really take over and, and become the, the the guy. Like, he could be the number one guy on this team, and maybe Cat just goes in the fold when uh, – when when uh, when he comes back, and maybe we're in a better position. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about Ant's role, Blake? What do you think? Um, I've been I've been pretty mixed on Ant this year so far. Um, mm -hmm. mostly just like knowing he could be better. Like last year, it was a is he going to pass Cat this fast at like twenty years old, sort of thing, and and be the number one guy. And and he's got the athleticism. He's got all of that. I think he has struggled in a few spots, though, primarily off-ball movement. Um, he loves the ISO. He just loves to, to stand in front of a guy and either, like, bowl him over and, and just get an easy layup with his head down or, mm -hmm. or pop up a three. And he can make threes some, and that's fine. But um, I really think he just needs to work on his off-ball, creating plays, um, cutting to the basket, whatever, letting, letting other guys see him get open rather than just taking it from the top and, and either chucking it or just laying it up himself, which he can do some, but um, I, I'd like to like to see if I have a little bit of a deeper bag than that. Cause I, I think you're right. He, he definitely is the one that can, can really steer the ship in the right direction. And I think for all these fans that are calling for like ant to be like, let's make this ants team. Well, this is mm -hmm. the opportunity. Chris, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, he's, I think he pretty much has a green light all the time. So I don't know how much actual like shot percentage and stuff is going to go up for him. But what I do like is I think there's always this kind of hesitation on who's the leader, um, who's the alpha on the team. And yeah. Kat sort of by default has that role um, because he's been here longer. You know, the franchise has championed him, you know, forever. Right. And I think with him sitting out for, dude, six weeks is a really long time. And my guess yeah. is we're going to be on the deeper end of the four to six weeks, just knowing, like, these are young players and it's not like we're making a title run this year. So, I mean, it might be time that Anthony Edwards establishes himself as the alpha of the team. And I think that's something that needs to be done. And mm -hmm. I don't part of me wants him to be less selfish to get that role. I mean, there's a lot of times where I'll see Rudy completely pin a guy behind him in the post and Ant will just dance on his guy at the three point line and, you know, completely miss the feed. And part of me wants him to be, you know, more of a play creator. And then part of me wants him to just straight out, just be a killer. Like when the ball swings to you, try to score every single time like that's all you're doing like try to mm -hmm. average 40 points you know just go all out right like old school michael jordan you know try to score everything because 
we need a guy who can do that. I mean, D'Angelo Russell's not that guy. Gobert's not that guy. Um, Noel is the only guy who can do that. But So inconsistent. So inconsistent. So, I mean, we need a guy who's just going to be a hired killer. And maybe that will break him free of this kind of hesitant funk he's in where he doesn't know if he should take over early. Wait, I'm going to wait till we're down 20, then I'm going to get pissed and take over. I think it's going to be maybe it's time to take over or try to be, you know, locked in from the tip. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm hoping to see happen, and that's one of them. Uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see, I guess. We got a, we got a handful of weeks to figure it out. Right. Blake, go ahead. Do you have a comment? Yeah, a couple things. I, I totally agree with the uh, – we need a couple, like the, the D'Lo, Brooklyn, Jared Allen pick and roll, but with Gobert, the just let Ant do his thing – there i haven't seen enough offense where it's just like this thing works the other team can't stop it just do it do it do it repeat it mm-hmm. um over and over and like yeah. there's got to be some sort of something we can pull a streak together here to get some runs off of just some some easy baskets and i have not seen that enough this year so i think finding those will be huge um the other thing i haven't been on here before to know how much you guys have talked about this but the uh the leader thing I've talked to other friends about that, uh, other Wolves fans about that as well. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked Pat Bev to death. Um, a little bit. This. Go ahead. I want okay. to know your take anyway. So, so I'm a I'm a Pat Bev fan. As a he's great to have on your team. You don't like him when he's not, sort of thing. Um, but he definitely was that veteran presence we need. I think Ant can be somewhat of a leader, but he's only 20 years old, and I don't know if he cares to be i think he cares to be the best player on the court i don't think he cares to be the the alpha dog in the locker room sort of persona um i think cat mm-hmm. wants to be the leader i'm a big cat fan but i don't think he's a great leader I, as much as he would like to be um yeah. i guess my question to you guys kind of is do you think the leader position because i think this is huge for wolves fans to talk about do you think this is seen as much on other teams that they all have that guy in that role um, or not as much? Because to me, it's a problem, but also going from Pat Bev to a, vac- a vacant seat is a pretty black and white comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, why don't, why don't you go first What what to answer that question? Then I'll go to you, Chris. Um, I kind of expected Rudy um, to step into that role and be that vet and to, to control the emotions. That, that's one thing that Timberwolves um, have always struggled with, and, and we've been talking about this for, you know, three or four years now. Um, our emotions the best of us, and they always kind of have. Um, we are always arguing calls, and I, I really kind of expected Rudy to, like, kind of look at Kat and say, hey, you know what, like, we're going to be different this year. We're gonna, and I didn't really see that. Um, so I, I kind of expected Rudy, um, just because he's more of a defensive guy, much like Pat Bev is, who doesn't have a significant role on offense. Um, it'll be really interesting for me to see what happens in the next couple of weeks with Cat out. Not to say that Cat is a, a, a fearless leader, but he's always kind of wanted that role, and he's never really excelled in it, uh, in my opinion. But I don't know. So like I, I think about this team and the way it sits now with our roster and I think we look a lot like the Jazz when they won a ton of games and we're the one seed you know um, we don't have the most talented roster anymore but we still have the pieces 
um, much like that were around Gobert. You know, you had Mike Conley. Um, D'Lo is very similar to him. Uh, you had Anthony Edwards, who's very similar to Donovan Mitchell. You have Royce O'Neal, who's similar to like a slow-mo. And then, you know, J-Mac when he's healthy. I mean, it to me, it, it'll be really interesting to see how the team responds because I think it could go one or two ways. I think we could either win a lot of games because things are different. I think we could lose a lot of games because we don't have the offense and we look terrible on defense. Um but it, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, and, and it really it really does make me scratch my head because I don't know what to expect next. Mm-hmm. Chris, go ahead. Blake, I think you nailed a couple things. Um, I'm not sure if it was intentional or not. Uh, two, two points that you mentioned. One, you're talking about the leader and how Cat wants to be it, but you don't know if he is it. Um, and s- same as Jared when you're talking about Rudy. I think all those things are tied. I, and talking about other teams, I don't think it's very often that you have a number one pick on a team who is um, crowned the franchise player. And then seven years later or whatever it is, you get another number one pick that's like maybe a franchise player. Because now you kind of have this, well, who's who's the franchise building around kind of idea? And Cat wants to be the leader for sure. Cat wants to be a superstar. Um, I think the problem with Cat is, is it's not in him to be either one of those two things. And I think he tries to, I think he has a picture in his mind what a leader looks like and what a leader sounds like and how a leader acts. And I think he has a picture in his mind how a superstar looks like, acts, and behaves. And I think those pictures he has in his mind, he tries to act out those roles so that people see him as that. Like if I'm dressed in, you know, Balenciaga to head to toe. Yes. I know they're in a controversy now, not important to me, but, <laughs> um, and if I'm all over Instagram with a famous lady in all these tropical areas, and if I'm, you know, at press conferences saying all these cliche terms that are nauseating to see almost like it's ripped out of a sports cliche of the day, like calendar. Um, Those are things leaders do, but, you know, and, and complain about calls because you should be getting better calls because you're a superstar. These are all acts that I feel like he puts on. And I don't think any of them are true to him. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of that is just, he's a young guy and, you know, maybe, three, four or five years from now, just as a human being matures, maybe he'll, he'll be better in his own skin and and find his role. Um, So I don't think he's ever going to be a leader. So I hope it's Ant. Um, But I think it might be Rudy. And I think we're 20 games in and Rudy came from France playing in the Euro league. So he didn't really have time to build any rapport. So it would kind of be, I mean, he's smart enough to know that you can't, be traded from a team who has kind of given up on you in a way to the Timberwolves and then walk in the door and act like you're some sort of leader. The only reason that worked with Pat Bev last year was because he didn't threaten any of the stars. Like Carl Anthony town wasn't, wasn't threatened by, you know, a guy averaging, you know, eight points a game, you know, he, mm-hmm. he knew that he was way ahead of Pat Bev skill wise. So yeah, I'll let Pat Bev run his mouth and do his little thing, but that doesn't threaten him. I think Rudy threatens him. I think Anthony Edwards threatens him to take that top spot. So 
it's going to be interesting how that plays out with the leader. Um, I think that's why we brought in Rivers. I think that's why we brought in Slow Mo. I think that's why we brought in these veteran voices. Maybe not like, uh, you know, a leader that has as much panache or as much, uh, you know, flamboyance as, you know, as Pat Bev has, but hopefully guys that can settle the locker room. Mm -hmm. But another thing you mentioned, Blake, was the offense and um, how, you know, I wish we get back to just that pick and roll. And I hope we do. But I think part of what Finch is doing is this whole flow offense that's his plan. And he, he's, he almost purposely stays away from pick and roll, even though it's it's painfully obvious that that would be the most effective thing to do. I think he's looking at this as more than a one year, you know, development process. And I think that's something fans have to understand where multiple defenses for a young team is a terrible idea in season mode, you know, same as this flow offense trying to get that working or even two bigs, you know, not a good plan in season mode, but if you're playing franchise mode, and you're expecting maybe us to reach our peak in you know mid year two, maybe year three. That's what I think he's playing for, and I don't know if it's a correct play. I think that's what he's doing though. I think it might be best just to keep it simple and just pick and roll teams to death. It's just you know once you come to playoffs times and you're getting high level playoffs and you're running just one system, it's easy to defend. So I think I think he's hoping that the pain of this process wasn't going to be so intense, but I was hoping that it will add, you know, a higher ceiling for the team overall. Mm -hmm. Blake, go ahead. Do you have some? Sure. Yeah. I think, I think your Pat Bev point on, he didn't threaten anybody on the, on the court talent wise is extremely valid because he's played, I think statistically pretty garbage for the Lake show right now. I would love to have him back. Doesn't even have to get minutes. He's yeah, could, statistically like the worst player in the NBA right now. Yeah, and I would take him back just to have him be in the locker room and hang out and just be that presence um, that we need. And I, I do agree, too. Rudy could maybe be the guy, but it, it is tough when you are going into a locker room of guys that have been there from last year, a lot of returning guys, not everyone, but a lot, and, and you're the new face and you're just saying, hey, I'm running this ship now, especially when you have guys like Ant or Cat that are talent-wise supposed to be very good, may have certain um, levels of um, a presence in their locker room that you may not have just yet. Um, I will sure. say, too, a, a thing I think one of you brought up was the uh, Ant versus Cat, who's, who's kind of – the, the guy we're building around. And I think that's a good timeline question on like Ant is in year three. Cat is directly in his prime. Trading for Gobert, I think, definitely plays to Ant um, and maybe just this franchise not being good that we need wins and we need them sooner than later. Um, but it is, I, I feel like an example that I've seen that's interesting is of doing this right, as much as I hate to say, is like Golden State. Um, they, they just want a championship. They have all these older guys and then they're going to give Jordan Poole a bunch of money or guys like that. Um, so I don't think it's impossible to have, I, I think it is interesting. You brought up that we get two first year guys, one in his prime, and then we get one at the same time. Um, but I, I think that could just be a great long haul type thing. It doesn't need to be one or the other. Um, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, for sure. And one thing I want to mention, people are flocking for for uh, for uh, uh, Patrick Beverly back. Man, I'd rather have Malik Beasley back right now. Like the way, sure. he, the way he's shooting in Utah. Oh, my gosh. And now I'm sure he's will cool off a little bit. But anyway, Chris, go ahead. Uh, I have two, two follow-up questions for you, Blake. One, if let's say, I mean, Pat Bev is on a veteran minimum right now, so we could bring him back for, um, you know, Nathan Knight straight up contract-wise. Right. But let's say that happened um, and Pat Bev comes into the locker room. How do you think that, or would you think that that would possibly stunt the overall growth of Anthony Edwards as a leader or – one or even Carl Anthony Towns as a leader to bring in this artificial leader again, who obviously has a timeline of maybe a handful of months left in his NBA career. Um, that's one question. And then the second question is, um, shit, I forgot what that was. Stick on that one question. Sure. <laughs> sure. So I think it would, would it stunt Kat's growth as a leader? Sure. Absolutely. To have a different voice being as louder, louder than you. Sure. Um, and, Yes and no. He's only 20. I think he, I think um, Pat Bev is for better or worse, a, a role model that Ant really looked up to. They definitely seem to get along very well in the locker room. Um, so I don't, I don't think he would take anything away from Ant there. Um, I, I don't think Ant is at the age. I think in two, three, four years, he can, he can be that guy in the locker room, maybe even next year, but I don't think he's old. Like he's, not that age is everything for being a leader, but he just doesn't have that experience yet that some of these other guys have. Um, and then I will say, too, with that, um, I might have forgot my my other thing. If I remember, I'll let you know. All right, go I, ahead. I would say it. I would say it would stunt Cat. It would not stunt Ant, and I don't think it it matters too much for Ant quite yet. Jared, go ahead. Yeah, well, if we trade for Pat Bev, we're making the playoffs because Pat Bev has never missed the playoffs. So he's <laughs> making with Lakers or he's making it with us. That's all I got. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point, man. It's just like like I said, I like like you were saying, Chris. I am not one hundred percent against bringing back Patrick Beverly, particularly because he's not going to cost anything. That's the first thing. Second of all, I mean. Like, actually, that's the main thing. He's not going to cost anything. The only thing that worries me is that he's been playing so bad. Like, he's been such a bad – and I would hate – I would hate to him – for him to take away the shot from, like, J-Mac or something like that. I don't know. But, Blake, go ahead. Uh, I remember my other thing. So, uh, on on that note of Pat Bev is not going to get that many minutes, he's going to hang on the locker room, be a good presence, I, I don't know if this is the best comparison, but – a few years ago when KG made his final return to Minnesota, I don't think he was getting that many minutes or playing, getting that many extra wins for us. Tayshawn Prince was here too. Those guys were like 40 at the time. Um, but they were helping like Cat and Wiggins and those guys like grow into better players. And I think that's kind of where you'd want to see Pat Beverly is not, not getting 35 sure. minutes a night and chucking up threes, but just being that guy that's a just a veteran presence. Mm-hmm. Chris, go ahead. Um, I, yeah, I, I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with a couple of those things, but that's fine. Um, I think Pat Bev is is washed. I think the team moved him for a reason. I think if we wanted to keep, um, 
him as a veteran leader, we could have done that. Obviously, it would have been a little harder to make the money work with the trade. But uh, I think he, you know, I think he wore out his welcome, even with management and the team. I think it's when he was going into the playoffs saying like it was his team, he was leading the team to the playoffs. That kind of stuff is fun and all, but not when you have two number one picks that are future superstars in theory. You don't want an old guy saying he's the one leading the team. This team isn't going to win a title with him doing that. Um, but it doesn't matter. And same with uh, KG. I think that was more of an act for the fans than reality um, because the two players you mentioned that he helped were two players that pretty much have shown that they need a lot more help all the way up until very recently. Wiggins was Wiggins, who, I mean, we we had to give up a first just to get rid of him because he had no motivation. And Carl Anthony Towns is the same mopey lazy guy the whole time so if carl if kg helped then he would have needed to be training wheels their entire career because it didn't rub off that fast Mm -hmm, for sure uh i'm gonna try to steer the conversation in a different direction just because i've been wanting to ask this question for a while what do we do with brian forbes now or brian whatever 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 is Bryn, whatever you just put a Y in there and for the for the sake of all of us. Uh but is can can he be a decent player off the bench or is he just dead weight? Because he had one decent game, but I swear he misses so many open shots. I don't know. Well, what do you what do you what do you think of him, Blake? I <laughs> I have not liked him so far. Um I don't know if we've made a whole lot of plays or creating shots for him too much. And he's just missing open threes or what? Um, I was hoping he'd be just the discount Malik Beasley, which is not the case so far. I was like, okay, Beasley's getting paid $15 million a year or whatever. This guy's getting paid 1 million. Great. It's the same guy. Definitely not the same guy. Um, I, I'm not totally out on him, depending on how well this offense can keep moving around, see if he can get a few wide open shots and, and start to get him to fall. But so far, I'm I'm not sold on Bryn Forbes. Okay, Jared, what do you think? Um, Bryn Forbes is a vet that can kind of shoot. Um, he reminds me a lot of a player like Danny Green who got um, paid late in his career because he could shoot. Um, obviously a lot worse defensively, but he's a shooter. Um, sometimes not all shots go in. I mean, I mean, we've seen that we've, we've shot poorly. Um, and, that, and that's been a, a big reason why, why the Timberwolves have, have not been good to start. Um, shooter shoot, man. And right now he's a shooter that ain't shooting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Chris, anything to add on that? Remember what Jake Lehman gave us last year? <laughs> Nothing. That's what Forbes is going to give us this year. He's just going to be a guy on the bench. Um, and truthfully, I hope that's what Austin Rivers starts giving us too, is just the guy on the bench. Um, I don't think that – I think, you know, an uh, athletic career for an NBA player or for, you know, a professional athlete is a very short, short period of time. And I think Brent Forbes had his time and, you know, he had – be happy with the career you have. He just doesn't have it anymore. Um, I think the situation would have to be completely perfect. I think we would have to be a lot of 
double in the post, kick out to him standing still, shooting a three type of thing to show value. Um, and his defense is horrendous. So uh, I don't want to see anything from him at all. Um, so I would see, I would be more than happy to replace him with something we can find in the G League or even bring back or bring up Minot, who is actually kind of killing it in the G League right now. And I would love to see him replace um, McDaniels as a hot take in the starting lineup if McDaniels is out for a couple more weeks or a week or so. That's true. Now, I did hear McDaniels is upgraded to questionable for tomorrow. I saw that. So, so let's say McDaniels is in the lineup. Let's say he doesn't get hurt. Let, let's say let's say all pieces except Cat are available. What's your what would be your starting lineup? And we'll we'll go with everybody, but start with you, Chris. Um, I think it I, I think it's what it's gonna be. I'd be surprised if it's not. Um Gobert, Anderson, McDaniels, uh Edwards, Delo. I mean, I I would be very shocked if that's not what it is. Okay. Um yeah. And then you you got Nas in his same role as a backup five. Um, you bring up Garza, you know. To oh, I love the team play. Oh, the Timberwolves, the fans are going to go bananas when that white boy goes nuts. Um, and then, you know, you just play off that. And I think, truthfully, if Prince is out, I want to see Minot get some minutes as just a hustle guy, a defender, a hustle guy on the perimeter. He's shooting 43% from three on three shots a game right now. Um, which was a big Im- improvement from him. I'm, I'm assuming they're all corner threes. Um, he's averaging three offensive rebounds a game, you know, 17 points. This is all, you know, obviously in the G League, but G League, yeah. half. like that's the kind of energy I want to see out there. That's the kind of energy we don't have out there right now. And maybe so you're, some scrub to come in and, and inject that energy, kind of like how Vander so did last year. Chris, let me ask you. So you're you would be more because I know the consensus is people are more excited about Garza. Are you more? Would you be more excited about Minot than Garza? Yeah, I think so because I think he has more okay. of an NBA role. Um, I don't think. I mean, Garza. Let's not pretend like Garza is a rookie. Like he's been around the league, and there's been multiple teams that have given up on him, and he's always been able to score. Like he's. Been been able to score probably since come out of the womb that guy was putting up like 35 and 15 in Iowa for like the six years he was there um I mean he could, or was it Purdue I don't know he could play. <laughs> it was Iowa. yeah Iowa. he could play but um I just don't I just don't know if the upside's there I, I like him but I need defenders I need a guy that can that's long that can defend on the perimeter and can hustle and that's what we need right now. I mean, with Gobert and Cat, you know, long-term things, Garza is literally just a piece we're going to move later or just let some other team, you know, take up the development we did for him. I don't see him as a long-term piece with those two guys here, unless unless he takes over Nas' role next year and we let Nas walk, which is very possible. That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, Jared. <laughs> Jared, what do you think? What, what starting lineup would you go with? Is it the same? Um, no, I'm not saying what they're going to do, but what would you go with? Well, it's not what they're going to do, but this is what I would go with. It's uh, D'Lo Edwards, um, assuming J-Mac is healthy. J-Mac at the three. I'm putting Nas at the four and Gobert at the five. And the reasoning behind it is no defensively, d- defensively we look really, really slow rating. 
um, with these. And I kind of talked about this at the beginning, um, but a lot of teams are using uh, a high pick and roll, and then we are getting murdered um, with slow rotations, which has led to a lot of open threes. Um, we talk about this every time we have a podcast, but somebody has a career high against us. Porzingis had matched his career high, which was 40 against us. Um, so that was that was a, a, a big a big thing, you know, in, in a lot of these games. And, and obviously the Warriors did much of the same to us, um, knocking down wide open threes. But I think that the two big lineup is the future for us, obviously. You know, like whether Cat's healthy or not, we need to figure out how we can rotate faster with these two bigs in the lineup. So I think that's – I know it's not what's going to happen, but I think it's what should happen. Like if we're if we're serious about our future, we need to figure out the pieces that are in place and how to correct them and how to fix them. And I think the only way you're going to do that is mirror cat with Nas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, you had some. Go ahead. I love that take. I mean, because if we're going to reach the pinnacle of this team, unless something crazy happens like trading cat and building around Edwards and McDaniel's and youth, which I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a bold, bold move. So let's just cross that out. But yeah, I think, I think the two big thing, we need to get that to work if we're going to reach the pinnacle of what this plan is. And Nas adds things that Cat doesn't have. Nas is, I watch Nas come down the court on offense. He will sprint into his pick. He will sprint in there. He'll pick the guy. He'll sprint on his roll. He, I mean, he he works hard. He's flying around. He's a way better rim defender. I think there's a real possibility that that Nas will play better that or will will play better with Nas than than what Carl Anthony Towns has been giving us. Um, I'm also a huge Nas guy, so I mean that's part oh, of yeah. it. I think he's I think he makes a better play more often. He makes a simple play, the simple pass, rotates the ball. I love what Nas does. I just don't think it's going to happen, but I love that take, and I'm I'm all for it. Uh, Blake, what do you what do you think? What would be your go to starting lineup? Everyone healthy except Cat. Sure, I'm I'm gonna go with what Chris, Chris initially said there on the D'Lo, Edwards, J Mac, Slow Mo, Gobert. Um, to me, the the Nas question is very much of an offense versus defense. I I very much agree that like Nas can space the floor, he can shoot threes. They can they can kind of keep working on that offense scheme, offensive scheme they think they want while Cat's out. With Nas is a, a pretty easy place in there. Um, the reason I would put Nas not in the starting lineup is more on the defensive end. Uh, like Chris said, he's a, he's a good rim defender, and I think Gobert is going to get the brunt of the minutes with Cat out, and you're going to still need that rim defense um, when Gobert's out. And if, if you shift him over and give him starting minutes too, I don't think there's anybody else that you, you're you really going to want to be sitting in the paint um, blocking people. So it's a... I, I can see it for offense and defense who you'd want there, but I would say slow-mo I would start. There you go. Uh, Chris, any rebuttal to that or should, or should I wrap it up? No, I mean, it's going to be a real wait and see what happens. And I'm just, I'm kind of truthfully, this is probably the most excited thing I've been to watch Timberwolves for the last couple I am. of weeks. Yeah. You know, like I want to see what happens, stir the pot a little bit. And one thing we have to remember is we have a lot of practice time. 
we've got, I think, one – I think we have two games in the next, like, 10 days or something, and we're at home for all that. So we're going to have a ton of practice. We're going to be able to put some stuff together. Finch probably got 20 games to get a look at what happened, doing right, what we're doing wrong. Hopefully he'll tweak some things, and we'll come out of this flying. We'll see. Hopefully. Uh, Blake, go ahead. Yeah, one thing I would say – just real quick on Chris Finch. I hope the fans aren't too far down on him yet. I'm still a Finch believer. And what I think we're seeing on the court isn't always what he wants to happen. I was driving this to an interview he did the other day where he was like, we need Ant to move off the ball more. Like we're talking about in film every day. Like these are things are happening in practice. Like these should be translating to games. So I don't think his head's in the wrong spot. Um, and then the one other thing I just want to bring up really quick, I really hope Jaden McDaniels is back. I thought he was going to be the kind of borderline, is he a starter? He's still young sort of thing. But that guy's effort, like in every possession to keep the ball alive on offense, like his shooting, like he's definitely working harder for his spot. Than, and maybe it's because he feels like imposter syndrome or do I deserve this spot versus these other guys? But the amount of hustle he puts in is just awesome versus versus some of these other guys. Yeah. Speaking off the ball, speaking off the ball, D'Lo for the last four games, I wrote it down. I've been meaning to talk about this. He has been, watch him off the ball. He's running off. We have him running off picks. We have him running off pin downs. He's doing the stuff off the ball, the little things that we've been asking him to do. D'Lo is, I've been really impressed with D'Lo the last, you know, couple games. I mean, he win, win or lose, shots going or not, it looks like he's trying to be a different style of player. Um, which hopefully that also rubs off on Ant because like you said, Blake, he needs to be more dynamic in roles other than give me the ball and spread the floor. Mm-hmm. So I think with that, we'll leave it there. Uh, and uh, I think we'll wrap it up basically for the sake of my voice. I, 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 I think <laughs> we got to do it, but Jared, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. One thing that I, I, I want to just touch on quick um, as kind of a party way is saying if you're a timber fan if you watch Timberwolves basketball um look at look at us playing defense um this next week more so than playing offense we're playing a lot of sink in defense and we're really struggling with the pick and roll and rotating um that's one thing that I see a lot with the Timberwolves um from from what I've seen this year is we're slow to rotate and we're always a step behind I, I notice when like we're on offense teams are a lot quicker to move and rotate um, so I think if we can figure out that and fix that with it, when two bigs are on the floor, I should say, um, maybe when you see Gobert next to uh, Nas, if we see it, it, it might be a if, if, if or not, because we might not see it. But I think that's thing that's very important for the Timberwolves is defensive rotations and, and on-ball defense um, with that pick and roll. I think that's what we're struggling with. Um, but moving forward it's going to go one or two ways. It's either going to be, it's going to work out okay, or it's going to be really bad. So I, I hope it works out okay. Yeah, we'll have to see. Chris, thanks so much for joining us as always. No problem. Hey, remember that first place jazz team? Everyone was saying we made a bad trade. Well, they're ninth. We're 10th. One there week after they were first, they're in ninth place in the West. So maybe, also, maybe also. They, yeah, maybe, maybe it kind of, maybe the uh, shine rubbed off on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I was looking at Pete Beasley's stats as well, and they are not where they were at one point. And Blake, you're a great guest. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thanks for yeah, having thanks. me. Absolutely, Blake. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. This is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. Tell a friend as well. And uh, follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And as always, go Wolves.